This is Daniel Mounty, a.k.a. Dr. D with telescopes.net, and I have Greg Bragg, who's the the man over at uh, Celestron right now, and you're handling all the um, specialty accounts over at Celestron right now. Greg, is that correct? Yep, that's my responsibility now. I have uh, uh, most of the U.S. uh, from about the Mississippi River to uh, the West Coast, and then I have all of Canada. Uh, and, and the specialty dealers are guys like you, guys that have an enormous uh, uh, connection with the amateur astronomers and, and sell higher end telescopes and stuff like that. So that's kind of my main responsibility. Yeah, now I, it, the industry, it's kind of funny. I get to t- talk to you about it because it's uh, we've, we've both been in this industry for many, many years. Long time, yeah. It's just kind of interesting how things have evolved so much in the telescope industry. And now I understand, you know, we remember the star hopping days and the the primitive technology. And I don't know if it's necessarily primitive. I just mean that how 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 computerization, you know, with telescopes has made it easier for people to see or locate objects. And now I understand you guys have the new StarSense Explorer scope, which I kind of when I first saw it, I thought this is pretty darn innovative the way this thing works. Yeah, it's it's one a hand, it's won a handful of awards uh, uh, at CES this year. We uh, introduced it, and right. um, I think four or five awards were given to us from uh, in, innovation perspective. So, um, yeah, it's it's a pretty neat little product. I, I got my hands on one in the uh, beginning of January, mm-hmm. and uh, was was able to spend some time uh, learning it and you know figuring out how it works and for a beginner it's just amazing i mean it, it is takes all the guesswork out of finding objects it takes all the guesswork out of even understanding the difference between a dark sky site and a site in the city where you've got city lights it even helps you understand those uh, types of things that and you're going to encounter a few different apertures too correct yeah there's actually four different scopes there's a, a series called the lt versions and there's a, a 80 millimeter refractor and a 114 millimeter reflector. And then there's a DX version that comes with a little heavier duty tripod, mm-hmm. uh, some slow motion controls and either a 102 millimeter refractor or a 130 millimeter reflector. So there's four different apertures available. Now, I did have a chance myself to play with one of the demos that we have on display in our store. Okay. And, uh, I thought one of the things that really surprised me, well, you see, obviously you have the mirror. There's a little reflective mirror that you remove the cover and you attach your phone. And it, what really surprised me that uh, was how intuitive and easy it was to actually use. And I mean that sincerely because yeah. a little walkthrough video for each segment literally telling you what to do. So it's yeah, all- everything is laid out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's almost... It's almost like you you don't have to even have any knowledge of a telescope or astronomy at all to really figure out how it works. Right. Because, because of that. The little cradle that holds the phone right. uh, work, works very uh, different than anything else on the market. It basically reflects the night sky into the camera uh, on your phone, uh, into the lens on your camera on your phone. And that actually allows your phone to take a picture of that reflected area from the mirror of the night sky and determine where it is. And it's called plate solving. It, you know, astrophotographers use that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and a lot of applications to do, you know, deep sky imaging and uh, help with tracking and all kinds of different things. But but that's uh, that's the premise behind how it works so well. It's called um, uh, plate solving, and and so by by doing that, taking that picture of that area of the sky, it can determine where it is, and from that point, find all the other objects in the night sky. Of course, it is. now the other thing too is that it's compatible with various phones, right? Yeah. So the yeah, absolutely. Phone is sure. It, it used Android and, other, and all that stuff. So, so you know, any app, anybody's phone basically would have no problem uh, downloading the software that operates the phone that operates the, the you know the the uh, ability to find and and, and uh, locate objects. Right, and the app is free, correct? Yeah. And uh, when you get the product, there's a little card uh, inside the box. It has a uh, code that you enter into the That's app. Um, yeah, we have customers asking us about. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. If you if you download the app and the app is on the App Store, if you download the app right now and you don't have the code, it's basically like right. you know a Sky Safari or something. It's it's a uh, it's a device to help you uh, learn the night sky and see the constellations and see the deep sky objects and all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't function with the telescope until you uh, enter that code. Right. Yeah. You know, but I think, you know, another aspect of this that I kind of like, um, and you were, you remember this because, you know, on many Dobsonians where they had retro kits where you would add digital setting right. circles and encoders, you would be looking at numbers and you you'd tap in the object you wanted, right? And then it would tell you, the arrows would tell you which way to move the scope. But one of the things I think is unique about this is you're actually looking at a screen with constellations on it. So it's kind of like you're learning as you go to where things are located relative to the sky as you're moving the scope because you're looking at your phone. Yeah, absolutely. It's an interactive, it's very interactive. The software is, uh, is you know, uh, just like you said, gives the, the user the ability to uh, learn the night sky as they're finding these objects. And it also has lots of information about the object you're about to look at. It has a picture of the object you're about to look at in most cases. It has uh, mm -hmm. it has all the information about how far away it is, how big it is, what its magnitude is, every everything that you could possibly you know want to do and uh, learn about the object as you're as you're uh, getting ready to look at it. So it makes it really. And, and for that are listening to this, I think you know this is not an automated go-to telescope, which is uh, interesting. It's uh, you're moving the scope physically where the where it's telling you where the target is, so you can move it by hand to to hit the target. That's right? it. Yeah. So uh, the LT version, you actually have to move the scope, um, you know, with your hands holding the telescope, uh, moving mm -hmm. it around to find the object, following the arrows to get to the object, and then once you get to the object, you also have to still keep up with the object because you know the earth moves and and the objects are going to move out of the eyepiece if you're not uh you know keeping the telescope aligned with the object so the user has to hold the telescope and as the object moves in the eyepiece they have to kind of keep track of it by moving the telescope mm. with the dx version it has uh slow motion control so it's it's really easy to keep up with the object as it's moving yeah, slow motion controls are real handy, um, you know, on altazimuth mounts and equatorial mounts because, you know, as objects move, it's just so much smoother and easier to center them. And there's not, not as much shaking involved with it, too, right? Exactly. And the other advantage is if you're a, if you're a serious amateur astronomer and, you're, and you want to take a little grab-and-go telescope out to do some 
um, some outreach. Yeah. So if the oh yeah, yeah. public outreach. Yeah. So if the if the uh, if the uh, serious amateur astronomer wants to go out and do some outreach, then right. the the uh, the guy that knows what he's doing can be looking at the phone while someone who has no idea about this uh, hobby can be looking in the eyepiece and they can slowly uh, keep the object in the eyepiece by looking at the screen to keep it centered. So right. the, 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 in, the, in the days of outreach where you would you know, have to constantly, uh, especially with a non-computerized telescope, where you'd ha- constantly have to be asking the user to move out of the way so you can look in the eyepiece and make sure it's there and then tell them to go ahead and look. The user can stay at the eyepiece and the amateur astronomer can keep the, anybody actually can, with the slow right. motion controls, keep the object in the target. So it makes it really simple. Yeah, because when a target, you know, moves out of the field, um, particularly with Altaz uh, mounts, you know, ones that move up, down, left and right, the sky is rotating. So you get this field rotation. So you're always moving the telescope in this kind of staircase kind of motion to keep the targets in there. And if you lose it, sometimes it's hard to find it again. That's right. So what you're saying, it kind of reinforces the idea that you can look at the app and then it'll literally you can push the scope till the till the target is in, in the center yeah yeah exactly so let me give you a little example of my experience uh, when i first got the telescope i, I go to uh, to a men's group meeting once a week and and um, i told the guys i got this telescope and they all were like yeah well let's let's take a look at it so we went out in the front yard of one of my buddy's house right um uh street lights are on his front porch light was on he has a motion detector light above his uh garage door so you know that it was the typical <laughs> like the worst day. case scenario okay. exactly worst case scenario like everybody so right. we had we had these guys uh i think three of them out of the 10 had looked through telescopes before they looked through my telescopes before so uh, they had some understanding of what was about to happen, but none of them had ever watched me do an alignment on a telescope or, you know, get the telescope ready to uh, find and track objects and stuff like that. So they didn't know what the real experience of setting the telescope up is like. Right. So I made sure they got to see that because that's it's quite interesting. You put the the, uh, the uh, finder scope on the telescope, right. find an object. Um, you know, off in the distance. And in this case, we used a, someone's front porch uh, light about, you know, I don't know, 10 houses away, maybe. Right, right. So we centered, we centered the finder scope. And then when you put the phone on, the right. cradle, uh, you also have to center it on the telescope. And I used the same exact object that I used for the finder scope. And that was the porch light, you know, 10 houses away. Mm-hmm. And then I then you center the phone on that same porch light. Okay, so that that's very simple. It walks you right through it. It tells you exactly what to do. So the guys got to see that happen, and they're like, "So what is this doing?" And I said, "Well, that's now telling the telephone mm-hmm. that's on the cradle where the eyepiece is centered on. So when it goes to those objects, once it tells us, you know, where those objects are, and we go to those objects." those are supposed to now be in the eyepiece. And they're like, oh, okay, I get it. I understand it. That's pretty cool. So <clears throat> once you get the finder scope aligned and then the phone aligned to the telescope, mm-hmm. then um, there's a little button at the bottom of the app that, that uh, you know, is basically pulsing to let you know that's the button you're supposed to push. Right. You push that button and then a list of objects pop up on the screen. And those are the list of objects 
that are available in the sky above you at that very moment. Okay. Right. Uh, which makes it super easy. You don't even have to understand what's out there. Right. Uh, you don't really have to even understand what they are. Right. <laughs> you know, it's really unbelievably simple. Uh, the other part about that list is mm -hmm. there's a, a designation under each object that says fine in the city mm -hmm. or better in dark sky sites. So that tells the user that if they if they're in the city, they should pick the ones that say, you know, good in the city. Uh, that's going to be easier for them to see because of all the lights around you. Uh, you know, some of the objects you can't see because your eyes aren't dilated enough to be able to capture enough of that light. Right. So it's selecting targets that are possible, that are brighter, to, easier to Yeah, that, that are easier to see in the city. Exactly. Right. Just so, so clever. <laughs> yeah, very clever. So the first object we picked was the moon. Right. The moon's easy to find, but let me tell you, um, it was beyond belief simple so you just select the moon mm -hmm. and then the telescope has to be stable for just a few seconds mm -hmm. you can't move it right away it actually tells you on the screen right uh, don't move the telescope and what's happening at that point is it's taking uh, a picture of the the mirror that the phone is setting above mm -hmm. to do that plate solving feature right and then as soon as it does that it actually at that point gives you an arrow and uh, it kind of gives you a direction in which you need to move the telescope. So you just move the telescope in the direction. As you get closer, the arrows become smaller, mm -hmm. meaning that you're getting closer. And then all of a sudden, a target pops up and it uh, tells you to hold the telescope stable for just a second. It does another plate solve. Right. And then that at that point, it can it can it turns the uh, target from red to green meaning you're very close to the object. And then you can use the slow motion controls on the DX version or just move the telescope with the LT version and center the object right directly in the middle of the target. Now, obviously the moon's easy to see and find and all that kind of stuff, but you don't you don't have to do anything except move the telescope until the target turns green and center. It. Right. As soon as you get it centered, you look in the eyepiece and dadgummit, it was right in the middle of the eyepiece. No. So these guys got to look, and while they were looking, there's not, you know ten guys, nine guys besides myself, and and they're standing in line waiting to look at the moon, and I'm looking at the phone while they're coming, you know, one at a time to the eyepiece, and I'm adjusting the slow motion controls because in a I, ha I had a four inch refractor, a 102, right, and the moon can go through that refractor from left to right in you know ten or fifteen seconds, right. so I'm able to keep the telescope dead centered on the target. And these guys just come one at a time, look through the eyepiece, and they get to look at the moon. And if they want to look at the moon for a minute, you know, I got to keep adjusting the telescope, but that's fine. That's no problem at all. Right. Because I'm able to look at the target. I'm able to adjust the slow motion controls. And if you're by yourself, right. it's still very, very easy. To so it's operate. almost like you can adjust it while they're looking through it if you wanted to just keep it. At exactly. I, I yeah. was. Actually, I was. Exactly. Yeah, I was. Yeah. So the next object we looked at was Orion's Nebula, okay. and fortunately, it wasn't that that far away from the moon. Right. So I I hit the little pulsing button again. It pops up that list of objects again, and I can just scroll down until I find M42, uh, and I select it, and it says, you know, good in the city, and uh, and the arrow changes, and I move right to Orion, and it puts it right in the dead center of the eyepiece. These guys got to do the exact same thing they did with the moon. And the guys are going, 
Greg, this is a $400 telescope. Are you kidding right. me? They couldn't believe how inexpensive it was and how crazy good it was working. And that's a challenge so I think we, that, that beginners face is they don't even know what they don't know. What that's that's exactly so it's right. helping yeah. them know what they don't know, you know. Absolutely. In that regard. Absolutely, and I, yeah. you know, um, because I think the beginning of this sort of you were talking about calibrating it closer to the evening. I was working on calibrating it during the day. Um but I was surprised. What was kind of cool is I was aligning it to. I was trying to calibrate the phone to the telescope, right? And I was aligning it yep. to a uh, yep. light post. But this was in broad daylight. Yep. The things yeah. that I thought was kind of cool, though, is that I wasn't sure if what I was seeing on the screen on the on the phone was actually what I was seeing in the eyepiece. So I wasn't sure. So I. But the cool thing, and what I wanted to reiterate here, is that I was able to zoom in on the screen of the phone to, to see that I was on the right target that I was seeing in the eyepiece, which yep. I thought was really cool. Yeah. It's a crosshair just like a finder scope is basically. And, and you zoom in on the object you want to uh, center the telescope on. And you can put that, you know, the center of that crosshair right direct on top of that telephone pole, exactly like you have the eyepiece. And if it does, it aligns the phone very simply and very accurately. And then when you get it out in the night sky, you know, you'll get the option during the night sky to realign the phone or continue with what you've already done and and you don't have to you know go through the process against once you what you've done it then you just put it uh back on the cradle and uh and start from there yeah it's a really fresh it's it's really innovative it's it's different than anything i've seen you know um from mass-produced scopes like this i mean you know yeah um and you know, and maybe it's too premature at this time. Does Celestron have any intentions of doing applying this to any other of their scopes, or, or is it just kind of it's too soon at this point? I would imagine, right? Well, you know, we use the StarSense technology in a, an auto alignment tool that you can add to a handful of our telescopes already that are computerized, that are fully go-to, that are you know motorized tracking and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's called StarSense, just like this is called StarSense. And we've been using that for, I don't know, five or six years probably uh, to help those computerized telescopes be more accurately aligned. So that is in some of our telescopes already and can be added to a bunch of our telescopes right. as well. But but this is the first that's for non-computerized, non-motor driven, you know, non-go-to and non-tracking telescopes. Too. So, yeah, and a very right. low price. Now I can't. I, I don't. I don't really have the answer for that question because I don't know what the real plan is. Uh, I do believe that it's going to have to be that way. We're going to have to put it on Dobbs. We're going to have yeah. to put it on lots of other entry level telescopes because it's so amazing and so. I mean, it's really for a person that's interested in astronomy that's never even owned a telescope. It's so easy to use. Right. And, and that is the propellant to get people excited about our hobby that we absolutely have to do it on other things. I mean, I've heard stories. I haven't had anybody actually talk to me directly about it, but I've heard stories of guys going out and buying, a, a, you know, one of the mounts, uh, one of the telescopes and taking the little cradle off and trying to adapt it to their, the you know, a oh, bigger telescope that they you know don't have. Yeah, that they don't have computerization for. I can't tell you if it works or not. No one's actually confirmed that to See, me, like but it makes sense, sense that it, it would. would. <laughs> yes, it's 
it's the same principle. You just have to make sure the cradle is in the yeah. right place, that it gets the proper reflection of the sky, that you kind of stuff. What product but development can come I'm, up with next? And it's like, wow, you know, and they came up with this. And I, I think it's just really cool. And it's going to be, a, it's a game changer. It is. It absolutely is a game changer. And we're doing real well with the product. We started shipping it, I don't know, in the in the latter part of January. And, and dealers have, you know, reported excellent, excellent sell through. Uh, lots of lots of dealers are reordering. That tells me that, you know, the, the product is selling to the end user. Um, you know, there, there are reviews already out there from people that are saying, you know, it is a life changer. It's one of those it's one of those things that um, you don't you don't really expect based on what the current technology before this mm -hmm. offered, uh, how it's going to be, whether it's going to work or not. And, and everyone has said it's absolutely fantastic. It's absolutely doing exactly what we say it's going right. to do. So I remember how excited cool. you yeah. were when you first started messing with this thing. <laughs> I, I was you were sending excited, the email yeah. blast of that thing really is accurate. I'm telling you. It really yeah, is. that's a lot yeah. coming from you because, you know, uh, <laughs> it's well, I, I'm like you. I remember the old days where there was no computerization. Yeah. Uh, you know, I started selling telescopes in the early yeah. 80s and there, there was no computerization. You know, you had digital setting circles that, I'm sorry, setting circles, not even digital right. setting circles. Yeah. That helped you find objects, engraved. you know, setting circles, right. Yeah, and, and, then, and then you use star hopping and all that kind of stuff. I remember when I got my first computerized telescope, how amazed I was at how, you know, incredibly easy it was to use after you did the alignment procedure but i can remember suffering through hours of trying to get it right. aligned to make there it work for some people you know? like and, yeah like that yeah and then there's the tour modes and things and, and knowing what to look at so that's, that's an important right. yeah it's had, it's added so many great uh features to uh, a, you know a decent telescope to begin with mm -hmm. and then and then add making it so simple to find things and making it uh, an experience for the people that have never had that right. experience. It's true. And I, I think the, you know, there are some people who just want to view casually without getting too intense into it and going through what's, you know, needed to learn to be, you know, pro, you know, to be good at hopping in, in the sky. And plus it's becoming more difficult because of, so we don't see the stars that we normally hop to as, as much. So. Right. Exactly. Right. When you're in the city, you know, the information that, I've gleaned over the years is that you can only see between 60 and 90 stars when you're right. in the city. And if you're in your backyard, you know, you're not going to have a clue where anything is except maybe Saturn and Jupiter if they're up and the moon and finding other objects in the city is just nearly impossible. Yeah. So because this offers the plate solving and the ability to, you know, go directly to the object, uh, by following a little system of arrows uh, and then getting that object directly in the eyepiece. And I'm telling you, when I was with those guys, we saw the double cluster, we saw Andromeda, we saw M3, M42, and we saw uh, the moon in, you know, a matter of 35 or 45 minutes and eight or 10 guys, you know, got to, I mean, nine guys got to look through the, through the telescope. So that was pretty, pretty special for those guys. Uh, at one point in time, the most spectacular part mm -hmm. to me uh, is when you use a computerized telescope, you have to set it up and do an alignment procedure. Right. And if you pick the tripod leg, right. it loses its way. It gets lost. So you have to do that alignment procedure over on a computerized right. telescope. This telescope, because it uses that place, place right. solving Doesn't. feature, 
we couldn't see Andromeda, the direction Andromeda was right. that night because it was behind the right. trees. I just picked the telescope up, went, let's see if this works. Huh? And we may be in total trouble here. I don't know. <laughs> and I walked 20 or 30 feet to the other side of the mm. yard and set the telescope down. I didn't have to level it. I didn't have to do anything. It, it actually recognized the fact that it was in a different place. And on the top of the screen, it said, do not move the telescope. Wow. And then, and then three seconds later, it showed me exactly where Andromeda was. And I moved the telescope to Andromeda and I was like, this is phenomenal. Cool. It's really, and there have been those accidents really where you hit scopes. It's embarrassing. It's like walking yeah. in somebody's golf line on a green when you hit some tripod or something. Yeah. But yeah, I remember you were telling me yeah. about that. I think that's really that that's that's really cool yeah. that you had were able to do that. So yeah, it was pretty awesome. I mean, I'm just blown away by the technology, and I'm blown away by the the uh, you know the concept of of how they came up with mm -hmm. this with the you know using the current star sense that we have on the market. To incorporate it into the phone is just really, just really special. Well, hopefully it'll uh, it'll it'll catch on further. It's just through this difficult time, everything going on, and you know. But um, I well, this is the best time now to to, to look into this technology because if you are sequestered yeah. at home and yeah. you want to have something to do, uh, you know, it's a great opportunity to jump into this hobby without uh, you know any experience whatsoever as long as you've got a smartphone uh, you can make this telescope uh, you know teach you the night sky the very first minute you turn it on really I mean it's that yeah it's simple. a good it's a good time to spend with family at home and you can do that with yes. us you yeah. know I sincerely mean that you know I agree yeah well I Greg agree. I I, um, I want to thank you for taking the time to share with oh, us and uh, you guys should uh, take a look at this. Go to Celestron.com or you can visit us here at telescopes.net and uh, give it give it a look. It's the StarSense Explorer Telescope from Celestron. Greg, thanks so much for being with us. And we You're welcome, Nathan. Thank nice, you, man. Uh, you take care.